Hello and welcome, Third Baptist friends and family. Oh, another Everyday People podcast episode. I'm blessed today to be with our friend Portia Narti, who is a WashU student uh, from Ghana. So welcome, Portia. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you, Drew, for having me today. I'm happy to be here. I'm so glad. I, w- I want to hear part of your story and and introduce you to folks. So so Portia, you are in your is it your third year? My third year. And you are at the Brown School at WashU? Right. All right. So tell me a little bit about, about what you're studying and, and why. Okay, so um first of all, as you mentioned, my name is Portia Nate. Um I'm the first of a family of six. I was a first generation high school, college, and now a first generation graduate student of Brown School, as you said. I'm studying social work and social policy. With my social work, I'm concentrating in international social and economic development with a specialization in management and then also studying social policy. I chose this program because I think there are so many problems around the world that I want to solve, especially um, helping women and girls, women and children to be fully developed, to be okay, to be able to pursue their dreams. So I, based on my background, where I'm coming from, I think there are so many people outside that need this sort of help to be able to live their dreams, to become the best of themselves. So that is why I am concentrating in international social and economic development to help women and girls all over sub-Saharan Africa. So, so who has inspired you in this in this direction? What what led you to uh, to focus on this arena? So my my community, like growing up, mm-hmm. um, looking at the resilience of my mom. My mom had no formal education at all. Mm-hmm. So, but she has been so inspirational, so supportive of my education, and she really wants me to go as high as I can. And I grew up in a neighborhood where female education was less valued. Like so many girls were not encouraged or supported to go to school. So I was like, I really want to pursue education as my mother is supporting me so that I could help other people. Mm. And as I climb up the academic ladder, I see like there's so many potential that if girls and women get a little bit of push, they can do so much for themselves and their families. So that is what has inspired me over the years. And I'm really focused and determined to pursue it to the highest that I can. Yeah. And you and you said you're the oldest of, of six, is that right? Mm-hmm. So so how are your siblings uh, enjoying your your journey to the U.S. and your education? Are they are they following you in this? Yeah, um, that's yeah. Well, when I was leaving, it was like a bittersweet moment sure. because I was like my mother's best friend. She discusses everything with me, mm. and then now her best friend is leaving to a faraway place mm-hmm. where she doesn't know when she's gonna see her again. So, yeah, but now like they are used to it, and mm-hmm. they are happy that I'm pursuing education, higher education, and they are proud of all that I've been able to achieve. Because mm-hmm. as I said, I'm a first generation, I'm a first person in the in my family to to travel to the U.S. to pursue, like, graduate education. So they are really proud of me. And my brother is also, like, applying to schools to travel, to come into the U.S. So I would say it's been very encouraging for my siblings to yeah. also, like, follow my footsteps. So, so had, you, had you been outside of Ghana before you came to the U.S. to school? 
I just went to South Africa for two weeks for mm-hmm. um, a human rights training on how to prevent gender-based violence. And that was just two weeks, shipped oh, wow. to South Africa, and then I went back to Ghana in 2018. So, so it's, a, it's a huge risk to, to leave home, to, to move to a different continent, and mm-hmm. to, to start school. Um, why, why do you feel this is, this is an important uh, step for you? Um, so I'm, I'm looking at, um, the gym ahead of me. I know for now looking at the pandemic, mm-hmm. it wasn't how I envisioned it to be like sure. my, my time in the U S but I'm focusing on the gym ahead, like my goal ahead, what I want to do and the impact of what I would like to do. So that, that is what has been encouraging me like to keep going on even though things did not really go how I expected you know like the pandemic everywhere sure. you can't go out you can't meet new people classes have been remote for some time and mm-hmm. you don't still get you don't get the usual experience of classes but I am thinking about the future mm-hmm. so I am getting this education as an individual getting this experience as one person but I, I'm going to use it to impact so many people right. so I'm thinking about so this hundreds or thousands of women and girls in South Africa that I want to help. Mm-hmm. So I'm ready to go through this sacrifice, which is for a shorter time. And Jesus says something that maybe it's not Jesus, but the Bible said the glory at the end cannot be compared to the suffering of today, mm-hmm. the glory at the end. So I am thinking about like the outcome, the goal. Sure. And I know like this is just, but for a short period and everything will be fine. Yeah. So it's it's really important. Uh, I, I know this from talking with you uh, to to have an open mind and to to experience new cultural uh, things and 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 people. Um, so so how has that been? I, I, again, knowing that we've been in a pandemic much of your time here, but um, how how has it been exploring the culture here in the in the U.S. and in St. Louis and and, and getting to know folks? Well, I would say. Um with that, my first point of knowing people was Third Baptist because when I came into the U.S., the first Sunday I went with my Ghanaian friends to like a Ghanaian church. And then the second Sunday, because we're living just across mm-hmm. Third, I'm like, I want to go to Third. And they said, do you know anybody? I said, no, but the Holy Spirit is leading me to Third. I just want to go. So I came and I checked on the time on the door. It was 11, and then the next Sunday I came, and my roommates were surprised. That's how did you, you don't know anybody, you are new to the U.S., but it's been great. I met wonderful people at Ted. Like, my first Sunday, I didn't even feel like this was my first time. It felt like I've been here for some time. I met wonderful people. I've had opportunity to have lunch with many of them at Ted, and it's been I mean, they've been so embracing and accepting of me. As, so I think it, it's, it's broadened my mind, like keep an open mind, learn about different people. And my church in Ghana was Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. I mean, with, we drum, we dance, we, mm-hmm. you know, jump in. But my third family church is not like that. Mm-hmm. We don't have like the huge jumps, but I'm also coming, I've also come to love it and then appreciate it. So it's always good to like keep an open mind, yeah. leave your comfort zone. There are so many wonderful and amazing things outside of 
our bubbles. I mean, yeah. of where we are used to. Yeah. No, that's, I'm, I'm so glad you, you listened to the Holy Spirit and that, that God's Spirit led you to us. You, you enhance our community. Thank you. Um, so, so speaking of, of Ghana, and I, I only know this because I've, I've had Ghanaian friends in the past. Uh, one of the, the sources of pride is the jollof rice. And, and describe a little bit about what, what jollof rice is and, and, um, and, and it's the, the competition in, in West Africa about, about jollof rice. Okay, so jollof rice is just basically rice, white rice cooked in tomato sauce mm-hmm. or tomato paste. We use tomato paste to cook that food. And many countries in West Africa, so we have Liberians have the same kind of food, but cooked differently. Mm-hmm. So we have the Liberian jollof, Ghana jollof. But I would say that Ghana jollof is the best. And there's always been a competition between like West African countries saying that my jollof is the best. Yes, jollof is not the best. And sometimes on social media, in person, wherever people meet, like different West African countries meet, they talk about the jollof competition. Everybody thinks theirs is the best. And the most popular um, competition, most popular jollof competition is between Ghana Mm -hmm. and Nigeria. So. I'm from Ghana. I think our jollof is the best, but other Nigerians, like even in my school, think, oh, the Nigerian jollof is the best. But I would say that the, even how we cook the jollof, they cook their jollof in a very uh, different way. They cook the rice to be ready, the white rice, and then they cook the tomato sauce to be ready. Then they mix it up. Uh. But we don't cook it up. We cook the sauce to be ready, and then we cook the rice, like the uncooked rice into the sauce to cook with it. So you mm. can just imagine. And then they also burn their jollof, like Nigeria <laughs> makes their jollof get burned together smoky. Yeah, so there's always competition, jollof competition, but um, of course it's a healthy competition. Like sure. people just talk about it to, as a form of jokes and maybe cook and let's see, and then we cook and then we all eat together. So yeah, yeah that's it about the jollof competition all over West Africa. Yeah, I, I I would I would say based on on my humble opinion, I've preferred the Ghanaian jollof rice. Yeah, and recently the U.S. embassy in Ghana tweeted on their page that all oh, they are sorry to say, but Ghana jollof is the best jollof in the oh, world. Wow. Yeah, so anybody could go check it out. <laughs> that was real. Ghanaians really felt proud about us. Like, yeah, finally we won. <laughs> That's great. Um, so. So when you uh you, you graduate in May, is that mm-hmm. correct? And then then what's what's next from there? Yeah, so I it, it's really hard right now to make a decision of sure. whether going to Ghana or or not because I still want to build that network, get the experience from the US contest, but the pandemic hasn't made it like that. A lot of my internship and practicum opportunities have been removed mm-hmm. because organizations are not allowing people to come into i mean the office because of the pandemic so i want to work for some time a year or two in the u.s like with an organization that deals in gender-based violence or anything pertaining to women and family Mm -hmm. development for a year or two and then based on that i would know where to go from there sure yeah is is your is your long long long-term goal though to 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 be home and 
and be an advocate in Ghana. Yeah, so my long-term goal is to to be home and be an advocate, not only in Ghana, but like across Sub-Saharan Africa. So I want sure. to do it in Kenya, Uganda, Nigeria, like so many African countries, but I would like to be in Ghana one yeah. day. So so I've, I've known you for a while, and I know you are a person of deep faith and prayer. Who Who has helped influence and encourage your your spiritual uh, life so first i would say my mom like growing up she really brought us up in like believing in god praying she would take us to church even if it's raining she would go with us like mm. she would give us her her umbrella so that she gets wet for us me and my brother um get do not get wet and then go to school and sometimes she has to go sell because she she has like a small restaurant but she'll be like no today um the children's service at church are doing something so i need to take my children she sacrificed a lot of things to make us stay in church mm. and then anytime there's a challenge she will tell us she doesn't have the strength but jesus has the strength so we should pray to jesus to give her the strength and i think it was a really good thing that even though we saw we looked at her as a superhero she was like i can be a superhero if jesus makes me the superhero so go to jesus Mm -hmm. talk to him because jesus listens to little children so i would say yeah and over the years i've seen the result god has been faithful god has showed up for us in so many ways that we never thought so that has really built my faith in the Lord. Yeah. Well, I I um I remember we were in a in one of our college zooms one night, and you were you were sharing a Ghanaian. Oh, I think it was a Ghanaian worship leader, and it was a song that was that had been encouraging you. And uh, and I remember you talking about your mom. So I, I wanted you to do that a little bit. I'm I'm thankful you did. Yeah. Thank you. Um. So. So talking about cultural differences and, and things you, and, and why it's so important um, to step outside one's comfort zone, what are some things that, that you've been uh, what are some things that you've learned uh, in the US that maybe have been positive and maybe some, some that you're, you're like, well, this is a strange way to do things. Um, yeah, be honest. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, so. I think like coming from Africa into the U.S. is such a huge cultural shift. Mm. So one of the first things that hit me like at the Brown School was, you know, in Ghana when we are eating, we like to invite, oh, Jew, you are invited to join me to eat. So mm. it's not literally Jew want to eat, but it's, it's a nice way of like trying to share your food and the person will be like, oh, thank you. They might not eat like in most situations. But here, when I... My first lunch with my friends, I'm like, oh, Anna, come eat my food. And she was like, no, I don't want to eat your food. <laughs> oh, no. oh, And when they are also eating, they don't even invite me. Not that I want to eat, but it's yeah. part of our culture, like being nice to the person around you that I'm not like, I don't, I don't like sharing my food, but I'm just inviting you, sure. you know. So that was one of the first things that hit me like, ooh. So after some time, I also eat without inviting anybody because I didn't want anybody to say, oh, no, I don't want to eat your food. Because yeah. you're supposed to say, oh, okay, thank you for inviting me. And you don't eat it. So those are one of the first cultural shifts. And another thing is Ghana was colonized or many countries in West Africa mm-hmm. were colonized by the British. So we speak or we speak and write British English. Sure. 
but the US, uh, America also has the American English, like sure. spelling labor without a U. Yeah. And I am used to spelling labor with a U. Yeah. And so those are some of the things I had to learn, be conscious, like, okay, this is America. I have to write favor without a U, <laughs> yeah, labor right. <laughs> without a U. And we, we don't say, I think British language does not really emphasize the R in a word. But in America, they make their R very, they pronounce their R so much. So those are some of the language sure. difference. And Americans don't eat, many Americans, not everybody, don't eat spicy foods. So if I have if I have to cook my jollof, which I love cooking to share with people, mm-hmm. we eat so much spice in West Africa. Yes, we can be sweating, but when you access, we we'll still tell you it's not hot. <laughs> so I had to learn if I'm sharing my food, just really reduce the spice sure. content. Um, and one other thing is like when somebody trips or falls or something like if you are there you're supposed to say oh sorry like empathizing with a person but i said sorry to my friend who nearly fell and she was like posture you didn't cause this i'm like i'm just being empathetic it's like no you only say sorry to people when you caused it mm. i'm like mm, okay i'm still learning yeah yeah so those have been some of the different culture sure things that i've learned in the u.s i i think these are uh you you've opened my eyes to to cultural differences and, and and even hospitality and 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 things we in the U.S. need to to learn and practice better. Um, and I think it sounds like Jesus to just invite folks to share a meal. Sounds <laughs> sounds like something Jesus would do. Yeah. Uh, uh, and don't ever dampen your uh, empathy. <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful thing. Um, so what so what do you find yourself most homesick for? Uh, as you're in the states, oh my family, like sure. my being with my mom and my siblings, my dad, I really miss this moment. Especially when I had, oh, we are going for this family event, yeah, and I know I'm not there with them, and sure. they'll keep asking. So I really miss like my family time and spending time with my mommy, t- chatting, talking, and like sharing ideas on so many things. I really miss this moment. And one thing that I miss so much is sometimes, like, because she didn't have any formal education, so if there's something that pertains to, like, reading, writing, mm-hmm. like, doing something, and we are not really getting anybody because my brother works far away from home, mm. I really feel sad. I'm like, if I was there, this wouldn't be a problem, but I have to call a few people and, like, can you go do this for my mom? Can you talk to her? Can you do this? Like, make sure mm. she's okay. I really miss this because when I was in Ghana, like, she doesn't even need to ask, and I get sure. it done. So those are the things that I miss being with family. Sure, sure. Well, Portia, I... Uh I'm I'm in, impressed by your story and and your desire to to empower women and and girls in sub-Saharan Africa. Um, as as you're thinking about education and your own dreams and the dreams God has given you, what is what is some encouragement you have for students who are who are looking at at college and figuring out what am I supposed to do next with my life? What what's some encouragement? and guidance you have for them. Okay, so I would say that uh, um, college, like high school students, college st- students, it's sometimes hard to figure out what you really want to do. 
So I would say they should reach out to their school advisors, their parents, and like um, authority figures in their life. Those are really helpful because my professor back in college was really helpful in me transitioning into the U.S. So they should reach out. And there are so many resources um, that I, I am even a graduate fellow for WashU's college prep program, which prepares first-generation St. Louis high school student to be able to go into college and mm. be successful at their career. So they should look for these resources and then these people are ready to guide them to make the right decision because one challenge in life growing up is lack of information. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what resources are available, you might lose out. So there are so many resources and there's technology now. You can also do some Googling about, I want to become... Um, a professor in maybe chemistry, what do I need to do? So, and then speak to somebody. Mm. I think, I think one, one beautiful thing about your story is that is you, you saw something that wasn't right in our world and said, well, I can do something about that and, and have pursued how to do that to, to your best. And that, that is an encouragement and an inspiration. Um, Portia, you, you bless us with your presence, with your smile and your, your generous spirit and your kindness. Um, thank you for teaching us. Uh, is there anything you, else you'd like to share with your third family? Um, I want to say that I really love my third family. and It's been a blessing for me. And I'm, I'll continue to be here as long as I'm in St. Louis. Thank you, third family. Thank you, Portia. Um, may God bless the rest of your semester and your studies. And we are thankful that, that you are one of us. Amen. All right. Until next time, third, uh, this has been Everyday People, Drew Phillips with Portia Narti. Uh, we will see you next time.